0: All right, so what's up, beautiful people? Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Realistically Free Podcast, where I talk about life and dreams and everything in between. I am your host, Micah, and today I have a wonderful guest for you all, and her name is Meredith Siget. I said that right, right? You all it. right, I'm here with Meredith Siget. She is a personal development coach as well as a counselor, and she's going to talk to us today about what's the differences between a therapist, a personal development coach, as well as a mentor. And talk to her, talk to us about her experiences. So why don't you uh, introduce yourself, Meredith, and give us a little bit of a rundown of what you do, what are some differences, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Sure. So as you said, I'm a personal development coach. I work with individuals who are looking to make changes in their life, maybe a transition. Uh, Maybe they're just looking for more out of life, I like to say, to find the joy in the journey. Also, a middle school counselor. I know it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Mm -hmm. I just love working with the students, and I find that a lot of the things that I work with my students on are still skills that we Additionally, I am just a big proponent of mentoring. I, too, have a podcast called Finding Myself. I talk about mentoring a lot. I think it's a lost art in the general sense of the word. Mentoring is done a lot in the business or corporate industry. But mentoring could be used in so many different aspects of life, both professional and personal. So, what do you want to know?
0: Well, you talked about how you're doing these three different things, which is the personal development coach, as well as kind of somewhat of a mentor and a, oh um, uh, God, what was the other word that you used? A counselor counselor. A counselor, which would you say that that's more of somewhat of like a therapist or what's the differences between those three things? Because I know that a therapist can do all three things in terms of being a kind of like a life coach, a mentor as well as, um, uh what, what like personal development and stuff like that. Yes. They can do all three, but not all three are interchangeable. So right. so what is kind of the differences between you as a like Meredith the counselor? Meredith, the personal development coach, and Meredith, the, you know, the
1: working with mentors, yes, or mentees. Yes. So, counseling tends to work more with your mental health diagnoses or in the mental health framework. Uh, counseling has counseling theory, uh, research behind it. And so, that is more in a clinical sense. I do work in the school environment but I am a certified counselor that happens to work in the school environment. Okay. So working with mental health, emotional needs, uh, we do do coaching, uh, mentoring, uh, but in order to be a counselor, you need to have those credentials. You need to have that education, which is going to be different than the other two areas. Coaching right now. It isn't being licensed or there isn't an association or any type of governing body that is legislating over it. So there isn't that area where you have to get a certification or you have to be in a certain educational program. So that's a little bit more free and flexible for people to get into. Mentoring, basically a mentoring aspect is when there is someone who has experience and they're working with someone who has less experience and they're going to want to mentor them, give them some tips, some tools, help expose them to what that industry is. While there is a lot of overlap, obviously it's a helping profession. It's helping people do better, get better, stretch, grow. You can see all that throughout those three industries. There's little nuances to each one of those. In a counseling environment or in a counseling relationship, people tend to think that there's more kind of one-sided, that the counselor has more power in the relationship. I don't really like that. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it should should be. It's not how I act as a counselor. And to be very honest with you, it's not how I act as someone who does participate in therapy. To me, it's a 50 50. I've got to jive with my counselor. I've got to jive with the students or the people that I'm counseling.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We need to come together in a relationship. That's really where I see it working out the best.
0: Yeah. And I want to say too that, that sounds a lot like kind of going into, there's a stigma if that you're in therapy or you have a coach or you have a mentor or something like that, there's something wrong with you and you need to be fixed. And like you said, there's that Almost that power of, well, if I have a therapist, they're the person that's fixing me and I have a problem. It's a, same thing with having a counselor or a mentor. It's like, I have this problem and this person's fixing me, versus like you just said. And how it really is, it's this 50 50 thing. We're both working together towards that common goal together. You see what I'm saying? We both have to do the work in it. It can't just be one person kind of holding that power over another.
1: Which I, we're going to dispel the myth right here. One person cannot fix another person. I don't have a magic wand. I don't have any magical powers. I can't fix things. I can help you figure out what you need to do to get where you want to go. And that is something that I think um, is all in all three of those areas Mm -hmm. is that the person has the answers. Mentoring. It is more that the the more experienced person has a little bit more of those answers, um, but coaching the individual has the answers, and in counseling the individual has the answers, and those are the the, the counseling theories that I subscribe to.
0: Oh, I completely agree. Because in, in in and as somebody like I've talked about this in many other episodes, I I participate in therapy as well, and something that I learned through therapy is really. That like you just said, I have the answers already. And I've talked about this on several occasions. We all have the answers inside of ourselves for what is the best thing for us and how we're gonna get from point A to point B. And it's better to look at a therapist or a coach as somebody who's just kind of navigate, helping us navigate the situation, kind of giving us the tools and the resources to deal with the answers. Cause sometimes the answers aren't what we want to hear. We know the answers, but we don't wanna actually we don't actually wanna look at the answer because we don't like what the answer is sometimes in certain situations like you said with goals you know sometimes the goal is just not attainable because we just simply we don't have the skill or we don't have the talent for it and we just don't want to accept that answer but that's why we're failing in a specific category sometimes we just don't have the skill or the tool that we need to complete that goal and that's okay that's when you move on and find another goal
1: No, I completely agree with you. And I, I love that point. Such a great point to, to bring up with counseling. I use questions to help the client think about their situation. Maybe they've never thought about their situation in a certain light, but with my question, it makes them think or see things differently. And it's that aha moment. Mm And I know personally, with my therapist, she'll ask me questions that stick with me. And then I'm like, gosh, I've never, I've never thought about it that way. And I mull it over and I think about it. And it changes my mindset. It changes my perspective that makes me move forward. Mm-hmm. It overcomes the barrier that I'm having, either emotionally or, or actually more tangible. And I can work through that problem. And it may be something from my past that's really holding me back Mm -hmm. because therapy a lot of times will draw you back to that past where you have been in a a traumatic situation, uh, where you were in a role within a relationship that didn't go so well, but something from your past that is making you act or believe a certain way in the present. Mm -hmm. So we want to correct and process through that past issue to move forward and be able to do it in a healthy way.
0: And sometimes it's not even the, uh, the, what's the word? Sometimes it's not even just the perspective change. Sometimes is we just don't have the language to express the feeling or thought that we already have. Like today, I had a session where um, with my therapist, we we're doing EMDR, which is basically just kind of going back into the memory bank and processing it. Because sometimes, like you said, it's a past situation But you may have repressed that memory so far down where you no longer have the memory, but you still retain the feeling from the memory. So then you'll have triggers, you know what I mean, that will kind of like like trigger that. Oh, like I know this feeling and you but you don't know where it's coming from, but you have the feeling. And so sometimes it's like, you know, when we were talking today, we were going through that one of my memories or not my memory, but I was going through the feeling and a situation that I was having and I was experiencing with my wife. And I told her, I said, I started feeling, you know, like, like she wanted, like it was an ulterior motive and, you know, so on and so And I'm explaining to her, like the feelings that I was having. And I said, you know, she, uh, so I said, I kind of realized that it had to do with this thing that happened in my past where I felt like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good enough or I wasn't important, you know? And then she said, okay, but what does that make you believe? Like, why do you believe that about yourself? And right. I just looked at her and I was like, I don't know. That's just how I felt. And so yeah. she handed me a worksheet. And on that worksheet had the negative beliefs about ourselves. And on, behind it had the positive beliefs about ourselves. And in one of the, one of the lists was like, it said, uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving. I'm unimportant. There was another one on there. I can't remember what it was. But through that, I went, oh that's it right there. That's why I feel that way. Because, and then I was able to pinpoint it to the memory. So sometimes we don't have the language. Go ahead. I
1: think that's a really great point because language is so important. And we, we don't always know the right words to describe it or the right words that make sense to our logical side. I know you and I, before we got on the, the podcast and started recording, we talked about emotions and logic and emotions. Don't always have words attached to it, but giving some language to those feelings, where those feelings come from, trying to connect those thoughts really helps us understand more and then also to communicate with others to get somewhere.
0: Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, I think that even just having somebody who is kind of walking you through that, especially for someone who's not very self-aware or is not uh, they, they're not sure, they may, maybe they have the language, but they're not sure how to pinpoint the feeling. I remember like before we got on here and we were talking, you had said innately, we already have, we really only have three emotions. And like I talked about in my episode about jealousy, it really is just a word like fluff that kind of encompasses all these other things that we've complicated, but it all comes down to three emotions that we, we, ha- we have innately. So I think it's really important to have um, have somebody who is a little bit more experienced in self-awareness or life or in your situation who you you have educational experience, uh, uh, clinical experience, and all of that good and fun stuff to kind of essentially help guide the person through those techniques and t- kind of get them to the answer um, that they already have.
1: And I, I like to say with my students, crap happens in life. That's just reality. But we need to work through that to get to the other side. So at times, we're going to acknowledge that crap. Mm-hmm. We're going to acknowledge the feelings that we're having around it and then figure out strategies of working through it to the other side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we need to acknowledge. We need to acknowledge the feelings. We need to acknowledge the reason or the trigger for those feelings so that we can get to the other side burying them does not work. It's going to come out or we're going to have to work through it at a later age because it's still tagging along with us in our situations. It's clouding our thought process. It's clouding our feelings and it's getting in the way of us being the best person that we can be and handle the situations that are coming at us in the future.
0: And sometimes I think, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just, you know, counseling is very directive. Mm-hmm. It's very direct with the person that, um, the, the client. So you are using your skills to move them forward. It's very planned. Um, there's a treatment plan that goes along with being a, a counselor, a mental health professional. So you know where you're going with them. You may tweak it as you continue down that path. But you are the one that is directing where things are going. With that being said, though, again, I prepare my my families and my students that you have a voice in this. If something's going on and you want to work through something or you want to talk about something, you have the right to say that. Uh, You have the right to say, I understand that you think my issue is the abandonment of my mother. But right now, the issue that is right in front of me is this. Mm-hmm. I need skills to get this.
0: I think it's a little bit more difficult, too, sometimes when you're working with younger individuals because they're not, their mind is still developing. So they're not really at a place where they understand logically where that emotion has come from. You know, we may not be able to logically understand or, or logically feel the emotion, if that makes sense. But we can logically look back and see where that emotion stemmed from. And a lot of times I feel a lot of people don't realize is that you may have an emotion that's really, you can like, for example, I know somebody who is like, they're very angry. They're just, they're just angry all the time. And really, when you look beneath the surface of that, it's sadness that they're manifesting as anger because they don't know how to process and deal with the sadness. So really, there, we're look, there'll be people who will look at this person or I'll look at this person and say, all oh, right, so angry. And when I look deeper, I'm like, no, you're sad about what's happening right now. You're grieving or you're going through something that's making you feel sad. But your defense mechanism is anger. And that's how you're manifesting the sadness.
1: Completely agree with you on that. And that is very common for young people to go to that anger part because they don't have the language to say, I'm sad because. Mm-hmm. Now, we will have students who are um self-aware. They do understand things. And one of the hardest conversations that i have with young people is when they realize that they have crappy parents.
2: Mm, they yeah. want
1: mom to be their protector, their provider or dad to be their protector or provider and their parents can't fulfill that role. And that is a child who just crumbles into that little kid who just wants someone to hug them and be there for them, Mm -hmm. but they know their parents can't fill that role. That is the hardest. Other than dealing with grief and Mm -hmm. dying, that's the hardest conversation I have.
0: I think that's also a very teachable moment, though, because in life, you know, and I guess this is just kind of a belief that I've always held, is that in life, like, nobody owes you anything. anything that you want out of life, you got to do it for yourself. You know, Well,
1: the the next part of that conversation is we recognize that this is an issue. Mm -hmm. So in spite of the challenges that you are facing, how can you be successful? And that's where a counselor pushes you forward Mm -hmm. to say, okay, we've recognized this. We understand this. What skills, what motivation, what drive, Do you have to be you and be the best you that you can be? So what other resources are out there other than mom and dad? Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be a very powerful conversation.
0: It's empowering to know that you can take, you can take control of your own life and your own feelings and do it for yourself. There's something very empowering in that to realize, to come to the realization. I mean, it sucks when you, when it happens as a, as a young person, I know from experience, you know, when my mother, I realized my mother wasn't the best parent at the, at the time. We have a, a better relationship now and I'm grateful for it. But, you know, I had to get to a place where I didn't need mom. You know, I didn't need mom. And I had to get to a realization where like, you know, this is my life. I can't control that I'm here, but I can control what I choose to do with my life and who I choose to become. So it's an empowering moment to realize like you don't. You love your parents and you want them to love you and you want them to care for you. But, you, you know, you, you, you can be a better individual and there are, other, there are other people who you can find support in or there are other people that you can find love and care and community in. It doesn't necessarily have to be your blood relation. Um, so my question to you with that is with all the experience that you have in counseling, how do you take that and bring it into being a personal development coach? How, how does that kind of translate for you?
1: Well, I think this you're asking the question at a perfect time because that shift from, all right, we've acknowledged that there's a crappy situation and I'm experiencing challenges, but I'm going to be successful in spite of them.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that next step is where the coaching comes in, that we start looking at where are the resources? What does your next step look like? What are you working towards? At personal development, it might be, I want the confidence to live my life without the validation of someone else, Mm. such as your parents. So what do I need to do to define that validation? Where do I find it? Um, And it's talking through that to make the good decisions and put the importance or emphasis on where it should really be. Instead of some of those emotional ties Mm -hmm. to people um, or societal
0: pressures,
1: but to find that within yourself. So what are those next steps? So that's where we would get into the coaching. What do we need to do to build your confidence? What's going to do it? What's holding you back? How are we going to get over that? What are some of the exercises that we need to do? Uh, positive affirmations are we going to do some meditation are we going to read some uh self-help books that might put some things in perspective or give you some techniques um is it certain exercises such as jumping out of that comfort zone being i think you've been saying this recently Mm -hmm. being okay with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. whoa that's a tough one i'm not gonna lie But it's a powerful exercise because in spite of our challenges, which are uncomfortable, we're going to be successful. We know we're going to be in more uncomfortable situations. But how can I be okay with that? Or maybe it's not okay, but just more okay with it. We don't have to go all the way to I love uncomfortable situations. How can I get better at that?
0: I think a big part of getting better at being uncomfortable in those situations and being comfortable in uncomfortable situations, just having to, is, is really coming to the realization that you're not your circumstances and the things around you, you know, like you can, you can, may not be able to control circumstances around the external things that are happening, but you can control how you feel and you can control how you respond to them.
1: Which that some of the basic premise of, of looking at, it is a bit psychology, it is a bit just coaching and, and human development, is that our thoughts and our beliefs and our actions are all tied together. Mm-hmm. If we can control our thoughts, then we are going to influence our feelings, which are then going to work into our actions. Mm-hmm. I really subscribe to being an intentional thinker yes when my thoughts start going awry I bring them back and say that's that thought isn't helping those are false beliefs and it's making you feel anxious like an imposter that you're a failure whatever it may be and then my actions fall in line with those negative thoughts but if I am positive and I make that intentional move to be positive with my thoughts or, or bind them with fact, not those feelings, um, then I'm going to have a better outcome with my feelings, which will give me a better outcome with my results or my actions. Knowing that process is something that I would talk with my uh, counselor or my coaching clients with for them to understand the connection between those three And to be more intentional Mm -hmm. so we don't have the triggers, don't have those negative thoughts and we are in control of them.
0: You know, everything you just said, I got to say, like I'm sitting here, I know you can see me shaking my head because I'm like, I am in total agreement of that. And what you said to me just now, so super powerful because it's something I truly believe is that you're not your mind. Because you said something there that really like stood out to me of how do I bring my thoughts back in? how do i control my thoughts so it it kind of to me it almost i i, I hear that and I, t- I i feel that in a way that's in line with who i am as it, like as from the core you know what i mean like i don't know if you're if you're familiar with vedanta but it talks more about the the three the different parts of of our psyche and our, it's kind of like a philosophy and a relig- but it became a religion it's not really a religion though if that makes sense okay uh but basically what they talk about is what you just said is you're there's that person or that higher consciousness that is a that is you that is in control of the mind that is in control that is then like you said in control of the feeling that is in control of the action so you are not the mind and the feeling the body and the action you're the thing that's controlling all of that whereas I feel like we are in this I guess a lot of people that I've talked to recently and maybe you have similar experiences that they see it as they're their circumstances. They feel badly and they think badly, so they must be bad or they can't do something. And that's the typical objection when it comes to a goal is, well, I can't do something because I don't feel good or I can't do something because I'm thinking badly, you know, and we all have those those moments because. You know, we have all these external factors that are playing into the way that are what are what's coming into our thoughts, which I've talked about this before. Are you poisoning your mind or are you feeding your mind good things? So it sounds like a lot of what you're you're working on with your with your clients is mindset is is, is switching the mindset, being in control of those thoughts and being in control of that mindset. So that you're able to get to that goal and you're able to do the action. Because if you don't have the mindset, you're not going to have the action. That's the last step. The mindset is the first step.
1: Which I'll actually share an example of this. It's a personal example. Sure. Last last year, um, around this time actually, wow, okay, taking me back. I had a situation at work that was not a good situation um, that I had to get other people involved with. Between me and another coworker. Mm-hmm. And it turned my work uh, experience very negative, um, fearful for my physical safety. Um, but I had to keep going to work. But I did not feel safe emotionally or physically. And I have a stressful job. So I was the victim of my circumstance that I, this was a horrible place to be. That I can't be me. I have to watch my back at all times. And I was stressed out so far, um, having physical symptoms of stress and not being able to be me, but feeling very constrained, um, very unhappy. And I, I, I told my listeners on my podcast that I was living a double life because I'm out telling people about being positive. And doing all of these things to live the best life that you can live and be the best person that you can be. And I was during the day not following that. After my workday, I was following it. But during my workday, I wasn't. Coming back to school this school year, I got three days into the new school year and I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot live like this. I will deal with the situation. But you are not going to drag me down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be positive, I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to be the person that I want to be, regardless of the situation that I'm in. And I took control, and I made the situation how I want it to be, and I am having such a better year, and I'm not letting me be the victim.
0: Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that, because I feel, I always hated the word victim, because every time I think of victim, I'm, th- I'm waiting for some, where's the person that's saving you, right? You know, you think of victim, you think of the, the police officer or the firefighter, they're a victim. You're waiting for someone to save you and change your circumstance. When in reality, you have the tools to change your circumstances. You know what I mean? And I love right? that you said that you were being intentional. And I-, I talked about this last week. You have to be intentional with your time. You have to be intentional with changing your mindset. You have to be intentional about developing yourself as an individual to be the best version of yourself that you wanna be. You have to want that for you. You have to be intentional about it. And it's crazy because once you actually say to yourself, like you just said, and I had that same aha moment like last week, and I said, I'm gonna wake up early and I'm gonna make my day every, every day what I want it to be. And as soon as I did that, I noticed like this, like, It's like the planets were aligning and things were shifting of like, all of a sudden, everything was great. Bad things, and I'm air quoting this, bad things, would happen at work, I don't care, like I'm just gonna deal with it. It is what it, I'm happy, I'm good. There's nothing that's gonna get me down because I'm choosing and we forget we have a choice and that's empowering to know that. We have a choice in what we want our mindset, our day, and our life to be.
1: And and it's, I love what you're saying. I completely agree. And I have mentioned this multiple times on my podcast and my Facebook group that goes along with my podcast, that me on this journey of professional development, for me, I started my podcast finding myself because I wanted to find myself. I wanted more for me. And I was figuring out what that more meant. Mm -hmm. So I took myself on as my own coaching client.
0: You were the beta tester. Yes. (laughs) And
1: I I just, I wanted to figure out what really, I said, is going to fill my soul. Mm -hmm. And in me doing this self-development and uh, being more self-aware, working on my confidence, empowering myself and being positive has made me not only a better person, but I am better at handling the crappy things that happen in life, mm-hmm. not just for me, but my family, for my friends. At work, I'm, I'm better at handling the stress because I'm not absorbing it the same way I was.
0: Mm-hmm. You're not so taking it with really, you.
1: This has really changed me, but the effects of it are being felt. By so many other people that with me making that change, other people are jumping on board. Mm-hmm. I like to say it, that I have a circle of positivity,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I've realized that being surrounded by positivity helps me be who I want to be. Mm-hmm. It's feeding me. It's supporting me. It's challenging me. It's inspiring me. And these are people that I know in my everyday life. These are people that I may know face-to-face, but we're more connected on social media. And then I do have some people who are part of my circle of positivity that I haven't met, but they're part of my social media, I guess Mm -hmm. you say. And those people, I am part of their circle. I'm creating the positivity for them, too. We encourage each other. It rubs off. Uh, Positivity is contagious.
0: Yep. It's like when you're, sorry, go ahead.
1: We're impacting not just who we are,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but creating a world that we want to live in, I like to say.
0: You know, everything you just said just made me think of the old saying, you know, misery loves company.
1: Exactly. Because
0: it's And it's the exact polar opposite. Just like misery loves company, when you're in a positive space, not only do you want to be around positive people, but you tend to bring negative people to your level of positivity. And I I mean, at least that's how it should be. You should be able to uplift the people who are negative or feeling negative, bring them to your level instead of stooping to theirs of feeling negative. And I've noticed even when I made that conscious decision of being positive, like you were saying, I found that I was uplifting the people around me and therefore making me feel more positive, making me feel good, but also bringing them up, uplifting them, making them feel better and having better days and getting closer to their goals as well, because now I'm living what they want. You see what I'm saying? And I'm bringing the I'm uplifting them. So I'm I'm bringing their mood up. And so it's like it's contagious and it's addicting. Just like misery loves company. Positive people want to be around positive people. And if you can't be around positive people, then you need to uplift people so that they're on your level instead of stooping down and being, you know, being negative.
1: And that's a big point with With coaching, Mm
0: -hmm. that you
1: are going to be that cheerleader, that person that is going to present the positive aspect of things. So, me as a coach, I'm going to help you get to that positive point. But research shows that people want to join with each other, and they tend to go to the negative to join. Mm -hmm. We will we will find commonality in what we will complain about more than what we will complement research shows that that our brain joins in the negative it's easier and it's because we find it bragging or braggadocious to say positives but if i'm a positive person i'm now giving you permission to be positive along with me Mm -hmm. if i say gosh i'm having such a great day today i am so happy i love the sunshine you will then make a comment that's positive back to me. I've given you permission or opened the door for you to be positive and for me to not think that you're bragging. Mm-hmm. It's powerful.
0: Yeah, it's empowering. And I feel that like what you were saying about giving permission, I think from my perspective, I feel that a lot of people, myself included, it was a lot easier to be negative because then I didn't have to look at myself and say, what am I doing wrong that I'm in the position that I'm in? You see what I'm saying? Versus actually looking at myself and being honest with myself in that reflection and saying, you know, you're messing up or you got some stuff you got to work on, you know, or you're being lazy or whatever the case may be that's stopping me from that goal. You see what I'm saying? It's so much easier to be negative. And it's easier to be negative because now I don't have to take accountability. I get to blame other things. Well, I can't start a business because I, I have to work 14 hours a day and I can't wake up early because then I'll never sleep. And I can't do It's everybody else's fault. And everything is terrible because it's everything else but me. It's so much easier to do that than take accountability.
1: I, I completely agree. But have you ever noticed, because I noticed this, I'm a I'm a mom. I have a three and a half year old and an almost six year old. So after being pregnant and, you know, having the pregnancy body, of course, every, maybe I shouldn't say every woman, but most women still have some baby weight mm-hmm. and we all use the excuse, oh, I'm so busy. I mean, I went back to work um, and, you know, I, again, I have a stressful job. I have a house to take care of. I have a husband and I have two kids. I don't have time to work out that's the excuse. That's the
0: lie. I don't have time. We all got the same 24 hours.
1: (laughs) But so that was my excuse that I don't have time to work out. But I get to where my youngest was two. And I felt like I needed something to fill my soul. It's funny how I found time to do my podcast. But I couldn't find time to work out. It really was an exercise for me in You will find the time for what you really want to do. Things that don't excite you, you're going to make those excuses for until you're faced with this reality that I'm talking about. When I realized, how did I find time to do my podcasting but I couldn't find time to work out? That's when I was honest with myself and said, you need to make time. So now, in addition to the time that I use on my podcasting, on my uh, life coaching, I also work out too. Mm-hmm. I can find 15 minutes to work out every day. And that's what I say to myself. You, 15 minutes, it's all you have to do. As long as you're consistent, as long as you're moving forward, you're gonna see results. Give that 15
0: minutes. Well, you made some some pretty valuable points though. You can find time for things that you want. That, that was like number one, you'll find time. So that b- begs the question of how bad do you want it? Do you really want it? And I think, and another point that you made was being honest with yourself. And again, a lot of times, we like we were saying earlier in the episode is, you know, you have to be honest with yourself, but you don't want to do that because you don't like, you have the answer. You just don't like the answer. So sometimes we do, I feel we do want to do things in our life, but we're afraid of what the outcome is going to be and we don't believe in ourselves and that all plays into mindset that we wind up just not doing it because we say, well, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what, what if I start working out and I'm putting all of this time into working out but I don't see the results that I want? And, and I think that also plays into that instant gratification of we're not getting it fast enough so I must be a failure.
1: I, I agree with you on that one. That failure, and I think it's an excuse. Mm-hmm. I can just say I'm a failure because I don't want to put the time and effort into trying Mm -hmm. or to rethink how I'm going about it. Um, I really try to work on shifting that idea of failure as it's a positive because I put myself out there. I tried it. I learned something. So let's go back to the drawing board and, Figure out, is it something that I really don't want? So that's why I was not really putting time and effort. Then find something else that really is going to work for you.
0: But see, or I, a different method. And see, that's the thing that I feel that a lot of people are afraid of as well is that, and I think that it becomes a point where even the word trying becomes an excuse. Well, I did it, I tried it and now it didn't work out. So I'm not, I, I don't want to do it anymore because it didn't work out in the first time that I tried it. But right. I gave it everything, but you didn't really have the consistency. You didn't really give it everything that you had. And I think on top of that, we kind of box ourselves. And this all plays into mindset. Like you were saying earlier about wanting validation from the parents, you know, children, we want validation from other people. So we might try things to see if that will get us the validation that we want. And we're pretending that it's what we really want, but it's not. And so now that we're not getting the attention that we want, or we're not getting the results that we want, it's like, Oh, I can't stop doing it because, or I can't go to something else that I might be more interested in because people are going to look at me differently. Or people are going to, you know?
1: Which I call those distractions. Mm. There's things that we put in place to distract us from what we need to do, what we want to do, what we should do.
0: Oh my God, you talked about that in your time wasting episode on your podcast. I love that episode. <laughs> I've listened to that episode like three times already. <laughs>
1: And I do, I do have another episode about distractions specifically, because as I was trying to find myself, other ideas popped in that I could have been moderately successful with, but was my heart really there? Mm. No, but couldn't I ride the wave of being moderately successful and, and fit a mold and just move forward in some sense? And if you could see my face now, it's not a positive face Mm -hmm. because it really wasn't me. But it would distract me for a bit. It would get validation from other people. But it really wouldn't fill my soul. It wouldn't be authentically me.
0: And I think, is that something that you do in your coaching where it's you're helping people to discover what is their true purpose? What is it that? What is really something they're passionate about that isn't going to be a distraction that's really going to get them to that fulfillment inside? Now, granted, I'm of the belief that anything that is external will never be satisfaction. Uh, It has to come from inside. So from you you being that external factor, how do you get into your client's internal, in that space to really find the root, like really find what that purpose is to kind of help that person get to the goal and propel them forward?
1: Well, I, I think it's a mixture of that—that that self-awareness, mm-hmm. because I like I needed to figure out who I was, what was going to fill my soul. In order to make the decisions, mm-hmm. and to figure out that that was just a distraction, something that was going to occupy my time for a short amount, but it wasn't going to go long term. It mm-hmm. really wasn't going to achieve what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So as a coach working through that process would be able to identify those distractions to help put you on a path of what is really going to accomplish what you want. And we might need to talk through that, kind of figure out the different layers and levels of that um, to really understand it. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I think you brought up about identity. I don't know if if it was before or after we started recording But we have a certain idea of who we are. Mm -hmm. We hold on to it really tightly. Mm -hmm. And when we start to change, like we joked a little earlier, you're a millennial. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're in that mid-20 phase where you've kind of gotten into life as an adult. What what every adult and everyone in school told you life was going to be like, you set yourself up that way. And then you get a few years out and you're like,
0: this isn't what I wanted.
1: Because, <laughs> I mean, we, we told you that you, you get education after high school. Then you get married, you get a house. Like we've set this plan out for you, of what you should do. Mm-hmm. But at some point, even if you follow the ABCD, then the ABCD ends and you're like, now what? And as you said, This isn't what I want, Mm -hmm. or I'm not feeling this way anymore. And that happens. We evolve as people through our experiences Mm -hmm. and we change as people. So that, that is why you go to college and you change your major or you never get a job in your major, um, or people don't go to college, and then when they're 27 years old, they go back to school
0: because they, they feel finally
1: like they realize what they want to do in life.
0: Or sometimes we feel like if you're in a situation like me in in my pre- I I didn't I didn't even finish high school, <laughs> you okay. know. So my my path was was different in the sense of you know, of course I, I, I just had a different life experience. I, I did a lot of drugs. I did a lot, you know, I, I, alcoholism. I had a lot of problems, uh, you know, lived in poverty. So my life path, or I guess the path that was laid out for me was very different. It was, oh, you're either going to be in jail or you're going you're gonna to be dead. Okay. And so when that didn't happen, it was like, what do, I, what do I do? And it took for me to get to the age that I'm at now. Like you said, we evolve as people. We get to different places as you become more self-aware and you start to dig deep into who you are as an individual, then you start to realize I can choose what I want from my life. And that, but that, like we said earlier, and I feel like this is the common theme of this episode is, it's the mindset. You have to shift the mindset. And like you said, you have to find who you are, at least what your identity is, what you want your identity to be in the world.
1: So you could have held so tightly to the identity of, Not making good choices, Mm -hmm. but you gave that up at some point and realized that your story could go in a different direction.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's a hard thing to do to to realize that I can have a different type of life than this, or I don't have to have this life. Mm -hmm. People who went to school to be an accountant but really like to paint. Mm But the accountant is a safe, easy. It's what my parents wanted. Like, it's good. I've got a good job where being an artist is a bit of a struggle. Do I want that? But I see myself as an accountant in a button-up shirt. That's who I am. But I'm also a painter. I like to get messy. I like to be creative. You need to be okay with who you are and not be so stuck to this identity that either you created Mm -hmm. because of outside influences or pressures or identity that that outside pressure and people created that you're trying to keep up with.
0: Mm -hmm. I wish the audience could see our faces right now. We just keep shaking our head like this is like, wow.
1: So sometimes we need someone there to be like, it's okay. And you can move in a new direction. And that's all right. If you don't want to be this person, if it's not working for you anymore, Move on. Mm-hmm. get rid of it. Like, I don't want to say recreate yourself because to be honest with you, it's just acknowledging
0: what who you are. And what you already know. Yes. You know, it's not. Worth, and, I, and, and I think that that's where you as a coach really come into play for a lot of different individuals is helping to kind of navigate through that. And, to, and, and honestly, it's sometimes people do need the outside kick in the butt to say, look, this from what you're telling me, this isn't what you want. And sometimes, like you said, people just need that cheerleader, even though I don't really necessarily agree with external sources all the time. <laughs> you know for the for these for this instance i don't find it to be a bad situ- a bad thing to have somebody right. say to you look it's okay to do what you want to do or to go in this direction and and, and does it doesn't matter if you're 26 year old 26, 26 year old t- ah, 26 years old like i am and you're like hey i'm going to do this or what you know like you said i'm going to choose a different life path or if you're 40 years old and you want to go back to school because what you've done for the last 20, 30 years isn't for you and you're tired of living the life that somebody laid out for you. Or if you're 50 years old and you're like, you know what? like, I, I want to do something different or I want to explore outside of my comfort zone. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are mentally. You can always change your mind and it's okay to change your mind and it's okay to try to become self-aware and dig deeper and say okay what do i want but i also feel like you have to be honest with yourself in a lot of situations because like we said earlier sometimes you don't have the thing that you need to do the thing that you want and that's okay too you know there's people out there who want to be public speakers but they they just they're not good at speaking publicly now that's not to say that's not a skill that they can't learn but some you know some people you can just feel it's not natural to them right You know, so they don't have that talent naturally. They might have to work a little harder. But, you know, there's the you have to also be okay with the possibility that you may change your mind and go towards a certain direction that you find out isn't right for you. But at least you tried to step outside of your comfort zone.
1: Well, I I like to give this example. I obviously do a lot of college and career uh, counseling with my students and to put them on the path of thinking about this. So I use the example, and, and I'll, I'll share with you. I'm 4'11", all right? I am short. I'm shorter than most of my middle school students. <laughs> I will never be a professional basketball player. It's not in my DNA. So that dream, if I ever had it, was never going to happen, and I can accept that. Mm-hmm. But if my passion is basketball, there are so many things that I can do with the knowledge that I have, and I may still have talents, I may still have some game here, mm-hmm. but I need to use them in a different way. So while that dream of being a basketball player will not be realized, I still can do a lot in that arena and be very successful in it. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's you could coach a
1: little bit, coaching, being a, an official. Uh, being in the media side of things there are so many possibilities out there that you could do with the knowledge that you have tennis shoes think of the shoes that they wear you need to understand how the foot is going to work Mm -hmm. to design that tennis shoe
0: i played basketball so i can get on board with this entire analogy
1: so so you know there are things that you like you and I could probably sit here for the longest time then and come up with careers that you could do in the basketball arena without being a basketball player. Mm-hmm. That's one career. And there's so many that support that career or are part of their industry.
0: And the, the interesting thing that you're saying here is you're talking about careers. So you're really talking about financially. You may have to give up that dream of playing basketball and making money from it. But that doesn't mean that you can't play basketball. You know what I mean? You could still enjoy that sport and find something else, like you're saying, in that, you know, in that field without playing it professionally. So you can make money doing something you love because you're still involved in that situation without necessarily playing the actual sport. And then you could still play the sport outside of playing it professionally and getting paid for it.
1: Okay, I'll give you another personal example of this. I'm tone deaf. I love musical theater. I have wanted to create a troupe of other tone deaf people <laughs> to do musical theater because we love it. But I can't tell if they're good or bad. So we would think we were awesome. Do I think there's an audience for this? No. But we would enjoy ourselves. And isn't that what it's all about? Because I'm never going to audition and get a part in musical theater, and all of us would have that shared feeling. Why? like that would be awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe one day you'll see me in my name and lights.
0: <laughs> I'm not expecting
1: anyone to come though.
0: But you could audition. But can you accept that you will not get the part? That that play that yeah, example right. <laughs> <laughs> that example right there is perfect though to what we're saying. Yeah. You know, you have to be honest with yourself and yeah. what you're capable of. Sure, you could do it, but it's not really going to be beneficial to you because it's just going to hit you right in the gut and it's just, it's going to kill your confidence. It's going to kill your momentum, but, and, you know.
1: And to say, so in musical theater, you need to be able to sing, dance, and act. I can act and I can sing or I can dance. So I've got two of three, but those talents, no matter how good they are, will never you know, overshadow the singing part of musical theater. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I do have components that would get me in the door, but I won't get the part.
0: But that's like you said, there's so many other things you can do within that realm of musical theater. So And and that's that's where being honest and being intentional about your goals and, you know, having somebody to sit there and walk you through it, you know, is so beneficial. It's so beneficial.
1: Which I wanted to bring up a point. I, we kind of moved on from it, but yeah. to bring you back, you talked about the cheerleader yeah. and how that's an external. Um, there's, a, there's a concept. When someone makes a change or the positive in their life, there are people around them that won't be on board with it. And typically it's because they can't make the change. They're jealous. They're insecure themselves. They don't want to see someone be happier, better, um, move faster, move forward, move up. So they're going to knock them down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're going to be more negative towards them. And and that happens. Like when people lose weight, all of a sudden, everyone, you know, has to kind of be catty towards them.
0: You're too skinny.
1: Right. Oh, you're starving yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you you don't understand the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to kind of bring that negative vibe to them. It it just happens, and it's I don't know part of our our human DNA. Um, they're not being intentional with their thoughts; they're going more with the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you're making those changes, having someone in your corner to just acknowledge that don't listen to those voices out there. They aren't doing, can't do, don't have the motivation, aren't putting the effort into what you are. Understand that it is your results and your effort that they are recognizing. So that's where I think the cheerleader part of coaching really is helpful. It's to counterbalance and to process through those negative vibes that you're getting from people around
0: you. Yeah. And it's definitely, I think that having the cheerleader sometimes is good for, it's just even just to build the mental toughness, you know, kind, like you said, it's that counterweight, you know, of, okay, well, look, you got all these people that are saying negative, but here I am and I'm, I'm speaking life into you and I'm encouraging you, you know, uh, you know, obviously you're doing something right if they're talking about you right? or they're trying to bring you down. So, I mean, sometimes it is, it is good to have that outside source to kind of lift you up and. And like you were saying earlier about the the positive circle that those people around you who are, you're all feeding into each other and, and, and helping each other grow. And it's essentially having, you're building assets, you're creating assets around you essentially is what you're doing. So right.
1: I love my circle of positivity and I, it keeps growing with people that I meet um, you know personally I actually have asked people will you be part of my circle of positivity
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I need you and I need what you bring to this world and I want to acknowledge that mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. so uh, I want to go ahead and uh, try to wrap up this episode I-, I realize it is getting a little bit long and um, It's getting very late, and I know that you've got to get to bed soon as well. Uh, so, could you just give the audience uh, some resources from your site where they can find you if they want some personal development coaching, your podcast? I know you, you've got some great free resources out there, as well as your personalized coaching, that one on one. So, can you just go ahead and tell us where we can find all of that information?
1: Sure. So, I have a website where it's www.meredithsiggett. That's me. R-E-D-I-T-H-S-I-G-E-T dot com. You're going to get some information about me as a life coach or personal development coach. You're going to get some information about me being a public speaker, motivational speaker, and then also some information about my podcast. My podcast, you can find on any of the podcasting platforms. It is under Finding Myself Podcast. I also have a Facebook community that is linked to that, to support the podcast. There, it's a supportive community. It is a place to get motivation, to get quotes. I put uh, resources up at different times. It really is a great community to kind of have that circle of positivity. Um, I also have an offshoot from that Facebook community that is for my uh, personal development coaching. So that is the Meredith Siggett Consulting. Uh, You can get to both of those through that. And then I am also on Instagram at Finding Myself Podcast.
0: Awesome. And I'll make sure that uh, you send me all the links and I'll post all of that in the description of this episode so that if you want to connect with Meredith on her social media accounts, listen to her podcast, or get some one-on-one personal development coaching so that you can find your goals, find your purpose, find your why, get that mindset shift, and get some help in getting in the right directions you can connect with her. Um, Thanks. I want to thank you so much, Meredith. This has been a great episode we've had some great conversations oh my god you gotta listen to these podcast episodes (laughs) you gotta check her out she's got some great content out there that's free and and some other content out there that has so much value um so go ahead and check that out and as always if you can give help give it if you need help get it nothing wrong with that above all else love each other keep it real always Thank mm-hmm. you.